0: what's up ladies my friends welcome back to the just realized podcast super excited to be here i hope everyone is enjoying their long summer weekend oh my god I am pumped for today's episode. It's one of my favorite fucking podcasters, one of my favorite um, internet friends ever. She's a repeat guest on the show, but there's some people that you just totally fucking vibe with. And today's guest is one of them. And I think a lot of you guys probably already follow her from the collaborations that her and I've done in the past. But today's guest is my friend, and a former coach, I have worked with her before um, for a couple of sessions, Chelsea Rife, the, manifest- the manifestation mindset coach and podcast queen and transparency queen. Today's episode is super lit. I love her so much. I think she's fucking funny as shit. So cool. And um, if you don't follow her on Insta, I highly fucking um, recommend it. She just... She always shows up really raw and real, and we've had so much fun collaborating. Actually, I've worked with her, and she's worked with me, and we really have um, just grown so much together. But her Insta is hands down one of my fucking favorite because she always keeps it 100, and she is, like I said, the transparency queen. And she's talking about a lot of really fun shit right now, like spiritual elitism, And how everyone's like, oh, I'm doing all these things and I'm all these things, but I'm judging people who are doing other things. And that really resonated with a lot of people, really resonated with me. So if that's a space that you might be in where you're really trying to shed your own form of shame and shoulds and all the pressure and shit you put on yourself, go check her out for major, major inspo this whole conversation Is so fun. We talked about messy spirituality. So just that, what that means, how to just make it your own, how to show up every day and make everything your own and every piece of advice, make it your own. We share a really fun story. Right now, a lot of people have been saying to me, and I've talked about this on the podcast, a lot of people right now message me and say, I wish I had your clarity, right? Like, I really wish I had your clarity right now. You're so in fucking alignment with podcasting, which I've always loved, which is really, to me, was the fucking first step to me gaining clarity. So mind you, it's been almost two years, right? That was my first step into getting clear on what I really, really wanted with my life. But The story that we share was the clarity that started to happen after I had a breakthrough session with Chelsea talk all about the program that I had signed up for her, like the day I had lost my job. It was like a little mini program that she was offering, and I had totally bullshitted on the one-on-one coaching session with her, and then I called her, and she just really gave me permission to make something my own. And by doing that, it got me to the place where I had that aha moment, and I was like, oh, fuck, I know what it is. Like, my passion in life is to help women and to be this... I don't know the words for it because I struggle with this so much, but to move women forward, right? This modern day feminist, like I really want to break all the ceilings and do all the things and just support women everywhere who are doing all the things. That is at the end of the day, like my why, my mission, all of that. How I do that is different. And that was a really big aha for me. And that was starting to unfold right around the time that her and I talked. I was like, look, absolutely, that's what I want to do with my life. But how do I help women get there, right? We all have gifts. So yes, I love podcasting. I love bringing women on the podcast and interviewing all types of women. And we're all doing amazing things and sharing that because we're all so multifaceted And then my gift is to help women feel good in their body, in their clothes, and express all of that hard work that they're doing through their personal style. But working with Chelsea in one conversation that we had, and one thing that she gave me permission to do, because I didn't like the way traditionally it was done, was how part, like literally part of the biggest breakthrough, one of the biggest weeks, I still remember it, when I landed on personal styling and had my like, ah, moment where I knew that that's what I was supposed to be doing. I would say for the rest of my life, but at least at this point in my life, it definitely will be part of my life for the rest of my life. Anyways, you have to listen to this episode. It's so, so fun. But before we jump in, I also want to share a funny Fangirl moment. So like speaking of Chelsea and talking about podcasting and everything we talked about in this episode and just giving yourself permission to be yourself and make things your own. Um, I was talking to my husband and I was like, I really, really love podcasting. I feel like I show up and I don't know. It's like I turn into a I don't say I turn into a different person. It's just like and this is another, it's like I'm channeling, which I'm not, but it's like I'm channeling like my highest self and I can just get on and just riff. And whenever I podcast, I always have this vision in my mind of like talking to a group of my really, really good friends. And him and I just had this whole conversation about that. And I was like, I fucking love podcasting so much. Like I just feel like I was made to do it, whether it's doing it on my own, being interviewed on other people's, interviewing people online, whatever it is, it makes me feel like Oprah right? This is my, me channeling Oprah. And we had this whole conversation about it. And then another podcaster of mine, that's another internet friend of mine posted this meme. And it was like, when my friend tells me that that podcaster is not really my friend. And I was laughing my ass off because I feel that way. This part of why I love podcasting so much is I feel that way about the podcast that I listen to, I'm like, yo, these girls get me, right? Like, if we lived in real life by each other, we'd hang out all the time, maybe not really, but you know what I'm saying? Like, these people feel like you're friends. And it's really funny because when I podcast, I feel like I'm talking to my group of friends. When I show up, I envision just like groups of friends. I don't really envision like one person per se, I just envision me hanging out with my friends. And like, if we were, I don't know, like, uh, on a lake vacation, sitting around the fire, shooting the shit, this is the stuff I'd be like sharing and talking and like uplifting my friends and sharing with them what worked for me, like just so we can live our best lives, right? So I had reposted that post and I had tagged one of my favorite podcasters. I talk about them all the time, Um, almost 30, right? So like Krista is like my spirit animal for podcasting and um, she wrote me back you know, wrote back a funny comment back to my comment about like, but we're like best friends, right? And then like, she wrote me back joking. And like, I totally had a fangirl moment because even though I know she gets thousands of DMs and, you know, everyone does their best to respond to people and things like that. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to screenshot this. But this is the power of podcasting, right? It's like we are, anyone who shows up, that really loves podcasting shows up and they're just like bearing it all because it is like talking to your friends. And that's why I love Krista and I love Almost 30 because I do feel like she's showing up sharing the raw, the vulnerable, the ugly, the pretty, and just like saying like, this is me, this is life, I'm just human and we're sharing things that we would share with our friends. And it's also why I love Chelsea. And I think she does that so well too. And if I could put myself in that bucket it, okay, I would, because I really feel like with all of us, that's a core value is that we all show up in this space to be so vulnerable. So anyways, that's basically what we talked about on the podcast today. That's basically the energy she's on. So if you enjoy this podcast because you enjoy the vulnerability that I bring, then you will absolutely love this episode because it is twice as fun, right? Because we are both jam in that space. We both exist in that space. And one last thing before I let you go, we talk about so many things, right? We talk about messy, we talk about making things our own, and we talk about experimenting with life. And the one thing I've really been experimenting, because of course we recorded this podcast about a month ago, is having more fun. And I just want to keep talking to you ladies about having fun because I have really been leaning into it and it's changing my life. But what i realized about having fun is that it's fucking vulnerable. And as an adult, we're not... Having fun is not something that people praise you for. You actually get other words attached to it, right? Like, they're not serious. I can't, you know, depend on them. Maybe it's weak. But the one word that really comes up for me is vulnerable. Um, but the more I lean into it, and like I was... a shopping this morning and I was playing my fucking music as loud as I wanted. I had the windows down and I was like just singing in the car, like my fucking heart out to some old Jay-Z songs. And I was like, I literally don't give a fuck. If someone's looking at me right now, judging me, well, it sucks to be them because I, Feel like a thousand fucking dollars right now, actually more than that. <laughs> and they don't. And I don't want to be them. It's so, like, why do we care so much about people we actually don't want to be? Like, I don't want their life. A, we would never trade our problems for someone else's problems, but I definitely am not trading my negativity for someone else's negativity. So, why the fuck do we care so much? So, just something to think about. Just planting some seeds next time you want to sing, dance, laugh, be funny, run around barefoot, lay in the ground, and do a fucking snow angel in the grass. Whatever that is, just fucking do it. Who cares? Let's have some fun. Because the more fun I have, the more people I can impact. And at the end of the day, I there's a lot of fucked up things in our world. But the better I feel, the more fun I have the more impact I can create. And that is where the change happens. And that's where the shift shows up in our world in our society for our children. Anyways, I know I've been rambling. You're like, bitch, play the episode already. So we're gonna go ahead and hand that off. And um, if you guys have any questions after the episode or you want to get in touch with me about styling stuff and you want to learn more about my feelings first philosophy and having more fun and how you can do that with styling, hit me up on the gram at Katie Allen Stylist or head over to my website. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I'm still fucking in awe and in love with it. And download my freebie on how to get in sync with your style. And it's all about taking how you're feeling, maximizing that energy and bringing it to life for your highest form of self-expression through style. Go check it out, katiejuststyled.com. And all my contact info's on there too. If you don't fool around with the gram, I don't blame you. Um, Currently, I am loving that space. So have fun today. Listen to this episode, check it out, share it with a friend, write a review, let me know how you think. I'd love your feedback, and I will talk to you soon. Enjoy the episode. See you on the other side. Bye. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm super pumped for today's episode. This is a really, really special one for me um, because I have a really fun story to share with you guys before we jump in. But today I have with me Chelsea Reif. She was on the podcast before. She's actually actually appearing for the second time, but this time is going to be so much fun. But Chelsea is a manifestation mindset coach and the podcast queen. Thank you so much for being here
1: today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. And I'm like, I can't believe this is our second time. Like we were different people the first time we met. It is like a 180. So I am glad to be back.
0: The first time I was nervous as hell, I was sitting on my floor. You're probably the first person I interviewed that I didn't really know yet. And I was like, what am I going to ask her? I have no idea how to do this. And now you're like, here, this is how you podcast, Katie. This is how you ask questions.
1: (laughs) It's such a different world. I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know who I was at that time. And, And here we are. I'm glad to be here.
0: Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. And speaking of it being such a different time and not knowing who we were, I wanted to share a quick story about how Chelsea helped me get to where I am and kind of gave me the permission to think outside of the box so that I could even find myself um, and become the stylist and all the things. So right after I had lost my job, like literally the day I had lost my job, I had signed up for one of Chelsea's programs and it was a six-week program. And part of it was a free coaching session and I totally blew it off because I was in this weird space. I did go to the meetings though. And then in November, I was like, Chelsea, can I still cash in that one coaching session? Like I'm so fucking lost. And Chelsea being the amazing person she is said, yes. And we did this amazing meditation. That's definitely another thing that you are awesome at. And part of it was going through like, Get in touch with my higher self. And then I was like, I just have no fucking clarity. Like, I just don't know what I want to do. I just lost my job. I just don't know who I am, but I know there's something else. And like you said, we've been podcasting and doing all these things. So I knew something was brewing. And just the one simple thing, you were like, well, start mind mapping. Like, just start mind mapping. And I said, I can't. I hate the fucking bubbles. And you said, then don't do bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what is that simple? Like I can just not do bubbles. And then I mind mapped every day for a week. And I swear it brought me so much clarity. And then one day, like I found myself Google. I wish I could remember what I Googled. Googling and I landed on the International Association of Style Coaches. And I it was like this, oh, ah, and I was like, that's it. I was like, how did Oof. I get here? But it was like this mind map. I know I just had the chills. <laughs> I did too. I was like, chills. It was just you saying, then don't write in the damn bubbles, Katie. <laughs> and that's what I want to talk to you about today is that's my favorite thing about you is we're, you learn so much and like, you're not scared to grow. You're not scared to show up. You're not scared to, you know, like make things really, really work for you. So I really want to tap into that. And how did you get so comfortable with like, Going against the status quo and just saying, like, yes, this is cool, but this is how I make it work for me.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for that compliment. And thank you for sharing that story because it really is like 1% of a tweak that can be like the one thing that shoots you out to the sky. And I feel like when you asked me how I did it, it was like doing it on myself, was like making these little tweaks and being like, let me just try one thing different and see if it works. Okay. Let me try it this way and see if it works. But I think. When I got into the coaching industry, which was only a year ago, it was very much like, do things this way or you're wrong. Follow this 10 step system or you're going to be a failure. And it was very, very, it never sat right in my body. But because I didn't know any other way, I was like, well, this is it. Like, you just have to follow this way. It's like being in school. You can't just be like in school and be like, I'm going to change the curriculum. The teacher would be like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, this is what's in the book. And that's how it felt with the coaching industry. And it wasn't until I started going against what my coaching program was about, which was like, have a Facebook group and, you know, only market in the Facebook group and do things this way and very like disempowering language. Like, you know, what's going to happen if you don't sign up with me in six months? And I, I kept being like, this doesn't feel right, but I don't understand if this is the way I'm learning it from a very successful coach with people that have very successful programs this must be the way. So I just remember when I was going through the launch of the program that you signed up for, I started doing things a bit differently just to test it out. I was like, maybe if I talk about it on Instagram stories or my podcast or something, it would be different. And I know this sounds silly. You're probably like, okay, that's not that big of a difference. But like you said, going from bubbles to a list format with the mind mapping, this was my version of that. Like, instead of pushing things in a Facebook group, let me try it a different way. And all these signups started coming through Instagram stories. And that was my first big piece of evidence in business of like, just because this one person says to do it this way does not mean it's the only way. This person never talked about Instagram, never talked about podcasting. And I was like, I feel like those are platforms that I'm really shine on, and so I would do it, and it worked. So I was like, oh, okay, well that wasn't fun experiment. It worked when I did it my way, and I kind of kept doing that throughout the year. I was like, maybe I'll try this and see if it works. And I think as I've gotten, as I've grown with my business, something I'm realizing is a word I just heard. I think I have a pretty good grasp on like some things won't work, and I'm not going to let that defer me. Like I have. I heard, I think the word is failure tolerance where Mm. I'm like, I'm not going to let one bad experiment or one, you know, quote unquote failed launch. I don't even like calling them failed launches. I look at it all as feedback. And I think that is something that going through self-development the last like four or five years is I think I have a pretty good grasp on like separating my personal experience from like not taking it... uh, not taking it personally, like, okay, if a program didn't go well, I don't make it mean anything about me. I'm not like, oh my God, I'm stupid. I'm a bad coach. No one knows anything. I have the objective lens to be like, maybe I didn't, maybe I wasn't that clear in my message or maybe like something I said just like started to confuse people. And that is something that I've learned over the years has really helped is like, how can you separate your own feelings from like what's actually happening. This has helped me in my relationships. This has helped me in my business. And it really is trial and error. So when you ask like how I did it, I'm like, it's trial and error. Like It was just one foot in front of the other. And now I've gotten to a place where I'm like, even my business coach now knows, she's like, I can tell you what to do, but I know you're not going to do it. So I'm just going to give you options. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, yes, that's what I need. And I feel like that's how I want to give my, how I want my clients to feel too, is like, he said you don't have to do the bubbles. There's other ways. And that way might be the best way for you.
0: Uh, I love I love that. Like, here I'm gonna just give you options. Um, so much good stuff. I wrote down failure tolerance. I love that. I because I've just being so new in um, my business, like six months in, like, oh, that's a hard place to be. And I keep using the word experiment mm. because, like, if you're performing an experiment, like a science experiment, like it might go wrong, but then your goal is to figure out how to fix it, right? Exactly. Oh, but let's talk about <laughs> separating <laughs> from personally. Um but so many things that you said in there like Facebook pains me and even as of le- as recently as of last night, I had to like talk myself off the ledge a little bit of Katie your target market is not on Facebook. So like stop freaking out because for some reason my Instagram posts just don't go to my Facebook even though they're supposed to. And and I won't take the time to do it because I'm like, okay, that's not who your target audience is. Those are not your people. I mean, some of my people are there, but I also just talked to them on the gram. So like, I enjoy that. I, and like you said, I enjoy podcasting. I fucking love podcasting. Yes. So just, yes, always give yourself permission. Things don't have to be as hard, like overcomplicating every single, that's my go-to, right? Like, yeah. hey, how can I overcomplicate this? Like you were saying, sometimes it's really simple. But how, how did you get to the place or like, what's, what's your best piece of advice? Or like, how do you get to that place where you can pull from personally? Because when you are the brand, it's really, really hard to not be like, okay, I'm fucking stupid. Everybody hates me. Did I just say the dumbest thing? Like I did a post the other day that I thought was amazing. (laughs) I was like, this is so cool. I'm like tapping into something. I felt so in alignment and it was like my friend and probably my cousin or my sister liked. And I was like, Oh my God, did, is that just dumb? Am I stupid? What am I doing? Like, I should just go start looking for a new job today.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so common. I mean, this just happened to me too, where I thought I was like unlocking this whole new messaging in the content I was talking about. I was like, Oh my God, my program's going to blow up. And it was like crickets So like a few signups. I was like, where is this like, do I need to do paid ads? Like what's going on? Why is no one liking this? But that's part of the entrepreneurial journey. And I think what has helped me get to that point was honestly therapy in 2016. I, if you've listened to my podcast before, which is um, called in my non-expert opinion, I talk about this a lot, but in 2016, I had everything on paper. Like I had an amazing job. I was making six figures. I lived in a condo by the lake. I was traveling all over the world. Like I almost felt like an asshole for not being appreciative of what I had, but I felt so empty inside. And it was because I was always seeking the next best thing, external validation. I wanted someone else to tell me, you're right. You're doing the best. Da da And it was through therapy for a year where it was actually called cognitive behavioral therapy, which if anyone's wondering, like CBT, and we learned about reframing. And it was the first time in my adult life where I learned like my thoughts aren't facts. And just because I think something doesn't mean it's true. And I was like, what do you mean? Of course it's true. Like I thought it, how could it not be true? And my therapist would help me understand like you can separate your thoughts from from reality. And like, this is not who you are. Just because you think something doesn't mean that that's like you or your personality. And just having those conversations really opened my eyes to like, wow, my thoughts really are something that I can control and that are not factual. And through that whole experience, it then unlocked a whole world of like self-development. I think everybody's gone through this at some point, you find like one thing and then you're like, Ooh, a new podcast, a new book, a new this. And that led me to this whole journey for the last really like five or six years on self-development. But I do think therapy was the biggest thing that helped me understand my thoughts and what's really happening. Aren't always like, factual pieces of evidence that I can use. And that's helped me in my business. So when, yeah, like you said, when I do a post that didn't do well, I don't make it mean anything about me. I'm like, okay, maybe I posted at a weird time. Maybe the content was weird. Maybe people are overwhelmed. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are over scrolling on Instagram. Like I actually look for all the reasons why it's not about me versus why all the reasons it is about me. And that has really, really helped me because then I can just move on. I'm not sitting all night sulking of like, Oh my God, what happened? I need to delete my Instagram and start a new business. I'm like, who cares? Like, I almost think of it as I always talk in visuals. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of visuals in this podcast, but I think of it as like, almost like those superhero movies where like they keep getting hit with something and the superhero just keeps going. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, they get, you know, a little cut in the arm or this and that and the superhero is like, I don't care. I have a bigger mission and I'm not going to get, let my, you know, two like Instagram posts stop me from my bigger mission. And I think this now that I'm actually talking a lot about it is driven a lot by my spirituality where I'm like Instagram and emails and all these things are so, Minuscule to my bigger mission that, yeah, maybe I didn't get all the clicks I wanted on an email or all the likes or shares, but it's like, so I'm just going to stop and be like, oh, my mission is my, I can't like share my mission because of what happened on Instagram. And I think that really drives me is like a mission bigger than myself.
0: I love that. I love all of that. I love visuals. So always give me the visuals because especially, and okay. I mean, hence that I love visuals. <laughs> dialing um when i can visualize something in my head like that like a little trick it always gets me out of my shit yes but i had heard something the other day um that resonated with me and i feel like that's what you were saying is someone was saying like well you gotta do this you have to do this because the algorithm and don't forget about the algorithm and the girl said they hung up the phone because it was someone on their team and they didn't want to like Um, make them feel bad about the work they were doing. And she said, they hung up the phone and said, but she forgot about the spiritual algorithm.
1: Mm. And I was like,
0: yes, I just got the chills again. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yes, that's the part that we have to remember is you consistently take action, whether that's Instagram, the emails or whatever that is but it's just, you're constantly investing in yourself and stepping up and then it will pay off spiritually. Like, yes, you can take a week off of Instagram. Yes. You can like take a week off of anything or two weeks off of anything. And you're not going to lose your whole business. Um, It's really relatable. And I think that's one of my favorite pieces of you is you are just so like transparent and you had mentioned therapy. And yesterday, I think it was yesterday. I was Well, I was watching it yesterday. I think you recorded it yesterday is like your mental health update and you were going to Mm. do a group uh, meditation and you were just like, hey, this is what's going on. And this is where I've been. And you mentioned therapy being a really, really big piece of uh, what you do. And I completely agree. I finally started seeing a therapist. I say finally, but in 2020, because if you did not have a therapist in 2020, like, I don't know how you got through that year. Mm. She was amazing, is amazing, and she helps me so much with so many different things. But I think yesterday you said you've been using BetterHelp. So just, I wanted to just throw that out there for anyone, if you just want to give like a really quick spiel on that, and then I want to move on to something else. But just for anyone who's never heard it, because I've heard other people talk about it too, and um, I think it's an amazing resource for anyone who's
1: looking for something. Yeah, absolutely. And I I want to take a step back too because I used to think therapy was like if you were going crazy and like having an episode and needed medication and it wasn't until I actually went to my first therapy appointment in 2016 that I was like, okay, it's basically just paying someone to like hear me talk and vent and cry and get my frustrations out that is trained to understand what I'm actually saying and want to accomplish. And it was like, that's what I needed. I didn't want to, you have to also have to think about like the emotional, uh, output that comes from therapy is like, that's a lot to put on a parent or a partner or a sibling or a coworker. And so having that therapist relationship where it's like, that's what I'm paying you for is to like, mm-hmm. be able to open up helps so much. And to your point, 2020 was a rough freaking year. And I kept thinking like, oh, I'll get through it. I'll get through it. I'll get through it. And I'm like, there's just so many things inside of me that I cannot unload on my mom or my, you know, boyfriend or whoever. So I remember hearing about BetterHelp so many times. And I was like, let me just try it out. And I will say therapy is kind of like dating. You do have to find the one that works for you. Like my first therapist was this, this way older lady that I'm nothing. I'm not an ageist or anything, but I was like, she's not going to get what I'm talking about when I'm talking about like Instagram story likes and reels. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh, and I could just tell our first appointment. I was like, I need someone that's like, knows what the coaching industry is and, and what's going on in my world. And then I switched therapists. I found another one that she was really good for a while, but then I felt like she was kind of disconnected. And and then I switched again. And now I've finally been with the same one for like two months. But I say that because I think there's this exception that like or expectation that therapists have to be like work on the first try. And I'm like, it's kind of like dating. You have to find the person you vibe with because you are opening up and becoming very vulnerable with that person, and they know like probably the most intimate parts of your life. So if you don't feel comfortable opening up to them you're never gonna feel like you're getting the value out of it. So that's something I liked about BetterHelp was I got to like switch therapists when I wanted and you can filter them out too of like what type of issues you're going through, even location, um, what type of therapy you wanna work through. And they have bios on there. So it's kind of like a dating app for therapy and finding your therapist. And then you find it and you get matched up and you get to talk every week and text with them. And now when I'm talking about it, I'm like, I need a sponsorship from BetterHelp. Yeah, you do because- that.
0: <laughs> I
1: was just thinking, I was like, I'm very excited about this. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? And one more thing they had, um, COVID like pricing because they knew that Mm -hmm. there were financial hardships. And so they have financial assistance. So I was like, hell yeah. So I signed up and I talked to my therapist every week. And I am telling you therapy is one of those things that's like a slow burn where like, as humans, we expect the quick fix, like one therapy session and I'm going to be a new human, but it's like these little sessions every week that I just start to feel better and better and better, or like become more mature, or see things differently. But not every session is like a life transformation breakthrough. Like some sessions I'm like, I straight up just need to like bitch for 45 minutes, and like see what happens. And that's what I love about therapy.
0: Uh, So good. What you said about like not unloading on the people in your life. I think that's the piece that everybody misses. Um, That was my big aha um, with losing my job and starting my business. It's like my husband is fucking amazing and he stepped up in ways like I can't even I will forever be grateful for him just saying no pressure and just letting me take this opportunity. But he still as much as he's amazing, he's still emotionally, financially, all mentally, spiritually, all the things attached to me. So I can't unload on him every single thing, right? Because then he'll start to internalize it. And then like, maybe he won't want to be so supportive <laughs> on the business. <laughs> Right. And and that's the part that's so, so amazing. But yeah, I have a funny therapy story I'll have to tell you after this because I want to talk about you. And um, let's talk about messy manifestation. I love Mm. the word messy. I love that you like just use that word and embrace it so much. As a mom, I feel that's where my trigger comes from when I hear the word messy. And I don't mean literally messy in my house. I mean I feel like there's so much pressure as a woman to not be messy. And then I think when you enter into motherhood oh, you are not allowed to be messy. You are not allowed to show up messy. Your kid is not allowed to come to school less than perfect. Just like all these things. So that's, I would love to just like talk about and like really shifting the way that we use the word messy and holding space for it and letting it just mean, just show up how the fuck feels good to you, which is who you are at your core.
1: Yeah, I think-
0: walk us through messy manifestation a little bit i know you just did an episode on this um and just maybe share some of like your key points and highlights and just like how to really own it because i'm kind i still am obsessed with manifestation which was our first podcast but i know it's changed and grown for both of us
1: yeah and i think that's that's kind of the point from our last podcast to now is like we've evolved and we have to understand that as we evolve again, there's not one way to do things. Like we've evolved in our own ways. You're in a totally different path than me. And we're, we've evolved as human beings. And so when I was on Instagram and seeing all this manifestation content, when I was getting like really into it, I just kept seeing this message of like, do it this way. There's this formula, there's this. And again, whenever I see anything that says like should or have to, or required or need my body, like I do feel it in my body, like rejects it. I'm like, no, like that's not true. And I think a a visual to help with this is like nature, right? Like there's flowers that grow in through mud. There's flowers that grow in fields. There's flowers that can grow off of trees. Like there's so many ways to grow a flower. So why, when it comes to business or manifestation, are we like, no, there's only one way to do it. Or there's only these two ways to do it. It's like, that's such black and white thinking that I'm like, No, it's not. It's just, it works for that person. So of course we love to teach what we know and I don't fault people for that. Like I'm sure there's people that don't agree with messy manifestation are like, no, I love structured things. So when I say messy, I just mean kind of like type B where it doesn't really make sense. It's a little bit disorganized. Like you're probably a manifester. And when I say manifest too, I literally just mean to bring something in your mind's eye into reality. Like that's how I think of it. I don't think of it as this like big, huge out-of-body experience. It's like, I th- if I think about doing laundry and I do laundry, I just manifested laundry. And so going back to the point of messy manifestation, I think of it as like, I have people in my life that are all about manifestation that make it this big practice. Like I write down my five specific things, I make the vision board, I go meditate, I walk outside, I pray, I go to the altar, this and that. And that works for them but like you said earlier in this podcast, like not everything has to be done that way. And that's not how it worked for me. And I was noticing, I was manifesting a lot of things in my life. And actually I realized this when I would go on podcasts and people would ask me, how did you manifest your move to Australia? How did you manifest your partner? And I'm like, I don't even know how to tell you that. Like I didn't follow a system. It's not something that I like can pull up in my Google drive and be like, this is what I did. So now I'm going to create a program on it. It's like, it just happened. And it started making me realize, wow, there's a lot of people that feel like they're not manifesting because they aren't doing all these journal prompts or vision boards or whatever the case is. And it's actually happened with two clients where we were talking about vision boards. I actually do love vision boards. I think there's such a good, you guys have seen, I love visuals. (laughs) And so like, they help me so much to see what I want to create. And I remember my client showed me her vision board and she's like, I know it's not that good. It's not like that big. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And she was like, well, I didn't put like a house on it and there's not a car. And I don't know, it just kind of seems like regular. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I see what you mean because if you go and just like type manifestation on in Instagram, you're gonna see vision boards with like G wagons, mansions, diamonds, babies, like all these things. And this this woman's vision board was just like, I want to live a joyful life. I want to walk my dog. I want to make beautiful coffee in the morning. And she thought like that wasn't enough. And that kind of sparked this idea in my head of like, wow, people think manifestation just means being like filthy rich wearing designer clothes. And then it happened again with another client where she was like, I feel like I have manifested so many incredible things in my life. And it wasn't until I learned about the world of manifestation that I thought I was doing it all wrong. Like it Mm -hmm. kind of freaked me out because I don't do the hypnosis. I don't do the journal prompts, but somehow I've manifested all these things. And those two things combined with my own experience, I was like, okay, there's something here that people do think that there has to be a structure or an outline to manifest. And that's simply not true. And so lately my message has been like, you can manifest and be in a bad mood. You can manifest and not do a million journal prompts. Like the whole message you can see of the day is like, do things your way. So when I say messy manifestation, yeah, I don't mean like physically messy, although I am kind of physically messy too. I just mean like, you do not need to follow these 10 step systems that feel so unaligned from what you're doing, because Again, there's a million ways to do things. So why are we trying to drill it down to only one?
0: Oh, that's so good just hearing you talk. So I feel like I live in this weird space with so many different pieces of my life where if I had to pick, I'm saying I'm definitely type A. But I feel like I always straddle back and forth because what happens with me is I go in and I'm like, okay, so-and-so said do this. These are the five things and I'm gonna do them every single day. And then really quick, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Because I have not given myself permission to make it my own. And like, I'm getting a little bit better about that. But when I'm hearing you talk about manifestation in like a bigger picture from a kid, I knew that my life was not going to be the way, the way it was growing up. And it was just that belief. Like it was wholeheartedly, yes. that was it. Period. And I never doubted myself until I got older (laughs) that I couldn't do certain things. And like my husband and I talk about this all the time. And like, that's where we really bonded when we were younger was like, we always just believed in ourselves. Like we were born with like, I'm going to the moon. Like you're coming with me or you're not. And then Mm. somewhere along the way, society tries to beat it out of you. But when I was hearing you talk, I was like, ah shit, Katie, you could do it any way you want. As long the foundation and stop me if I'm making this shit up. I'm really asking for clarification and validation. (laughs) It's really just that belief. If I believe that I'm going to be a multimillionaire, I don't need to write it down every day.
1: Yes, exactly. That's why I'm like. If you have the belief and you have this conviction that it's true no matter what, it doesn't matter the who, what, how, where, when, why. If you just believe it, to me, it's like inevitable, like it will somehow happen. And that's why I'm like, you can be a little messy with that. Like, yeah, you don't have to go write a, you know, 10 page journal entry and then write a self-hypnosis on how you're gonna be a millionaire. It's like, if you just believe it and hold that vision in your eye, I truly believe it will happen. And that's what happened with my client actually. She was like, I just felt like one day I was gonna marry a foreigner and live abroad. She married a foreigner and lived abroad. She thought she was going to have her own business. She has her own business. And I'm like, exactly. You just have the belief and the thought. You didn't have to do like a hundred exercises and take a course and do all these things. Like you did it in your own way. But because humans love everything to be compartmentalized and in a box, we like almost don't believe it. It's like, well, show me. Well, show me how you did it, and because we can't show them, that's when we start doub- doubting ourselves. And I think that's what happened with her, where she was like, "I can't really show you how I did it, but I did it." But because I can't show you, people don't believe me, and so now I feel like I'm behind or not doing it wrong. And that's the that's the whole narrative I'm trying to change around. Like, you can have a strong conviction and belief; you don't need to do all these other things to make it happen. It just has to work for you.
0: Uh, I love that so much. And when I really go back and think about the things I've actually manifested. I don't think I fucking have all of that was just things I truly, truly believed in. Like, I have this one story, like, I wrote on the board in February 2020 (laughs) that I was gonna be self employed by the time I was 40. I had no fucking plan, I had no way to do it. But here the fuck we are. Exactly. (laughs) Self employed by
1: 40. (laughs) Exactly. I always say this too like, you almost, I feel like messy manifestation to a lot of people, you almost seem delusional from the outside, right? Like if you were to tell me last year in the middle of a pandemic, while you had a nice corporate job that you were going to be self-employed being an online stylist, people would be like, that's not real. That's not true. How could you do that? Like, and again, it's like this belief of, It's okay that I sound a little delusional because I know it's true. And I truly feel like when your body believes you, your mind just follows. And it's like, of course, we're going to make this happen. Like I can already see it happening. And if you think about it, our mind doesn't create any realities that we haven't seen before. So what I mean is like, you weren't like, I'm gonna ride a unicorn to Mars and start selling rainbows. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not a real thing. But online styling actually is a real thing. It's just because maybe people in your sphere or the way you even were brought up, that wasn't a reality people saw. So of course people ask their questions. like, is that a lucrative career? Why would you leave your job? Can you really do that? And that's when we start to doubt ourselves. But to your point, like you didn't figure out the who, what, where, when, why. You just believed it would happen. And eventually your body believed you and your mind believed you that it was like, okay, let's make it happen. And one step after the other, it happened.
0: That was my issue with the call. was on the call with you is that my body believed. I remember we were doing this, meditation and I was like no I believe there's something there but because I didn't know what it was I felt like it didn't have that leg to stand on and I think that's the hardest part for so many people is we just want the clarity like we'll do anything to get the clarity um so when you say like you almost have to be delusional which I kind of really really believe I it's like that whole mad scientist thing like the most yes. successful people are like I don't want to say craziest but you know like they're just they you know march to the beat of their own drum right i think a lot of that is like your inner self-confidence how can someone build that
1: yeah i i want to go back to what you said about like the biggest thinkers are kind of delusional and i'm like actually really go back in history i always think of this i'm like Freddie Mercury's music was crazy. (sighs) And that's why I loved Bohemian Rhapsody. Like you saw record labels being like, this song makes no sense. Why are you playing a seven minute song that has 20 (laughs) different melodies? And he was just so convinced by his own music. He was like- we're going to do it. And now Queen is like one of the most memorable bands of all time, right? Think of people that were like, we're going to build an airplane. We're going to build a boat. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? How are you going to build an airplane that flies and holds people in baggage that flies all over the world? It's like, that was a crazy fucking idea. And now airplanes are one of our most favored ways to travel, right? So it's like, yeah, you might be the next Freddie Mercury. You might be the next Wright Brothers or whoever else. It's like, but you have to Live a little bit outside of the means of your reality. Like, and I'm going to use myself as an example too. Last year, I was nannying, making zero dollars, teaching yoga on Zoom for $15, and working for exchange for accommodation, like, no income, nothing. But if I let that be my reality and be like, well, that's it. I'm just like a nanny and a yoga instructor. That's what I would have kept doing. But my belief was like, Chelsea, no, you're not. Like, you know, you were made for something bigger than this. And that's when I started taking 1% steps like every day. Like, let me learn about being a coach. Let me learn about coaching people. Let me take one quick course on this. Let me read a book. And then it's like, things add up. It's almost impossible to put so much energy into something and not see an outcome. So I just knew eventually all this energy input will pay off and it has. But when you're talking about inner confidence, I was thinking about this recently because I definitely was not always this confident or this assured of myself. And I love to make things practical and digestible. And so I'm going to give very specific examples. I think inner confidence comes from those small, tiny things you do every day. So for example if you go out to a restaurant and you already are like, hell yeah, I want the pepperoni pizza and you get there and everybody's ordering like salads and, you know, cheese pizza. And now you're like, okay, well now I feel weird. I'm just going to order the cheese pizza, even though I want a pepperoni. Like you just broke that confidence in your decision making skills because you think people are going to judge you. That's a very small example, but it's true. Um, Here's another example This is such a weird one, but I remember when Game of Thrones came out and everybody was like so hype about it, right? Like there are absolutely fanatical, obsessed fans of Game of Thrones. I gave it a try, didn't like it. Tried it again, didn't like it. Tried a third time and I'm like, I'm going to stop pretending that I like it. Like I just can't get into it, even though everybody in my inner circle was like, ah, it's the best show ever. I was like, I'm not like being confident in my decision that I don't like the show. It's okay if I don't like this show. Like I can say, I don't like Game of Thrones and that's okay. But of course, criticism comes up really. Oh, you don't like it. Oh my God, da, da, da. But I was like, this is a practice in confidence of being like, I don't like that show. I don't want that cake. I don't want to do that. I'm going to say no to this outing. And I honestly started slowly doing that and slowly started developing confidence. And I remember a specific example too. I left a work happy hour early And I was terrified. Like, I remember like sweating, thinking all these people are going to judge me. They're going to think I'm not a fun person. They're going to think I'm like a homebody that doesn't like to socialize. I was making up every scenario in the book to the point where I was like, I really want to leave, but I'm so scared of what everybody's going to say. Like, this sounds so silly now to even think back to, but it's a specific example. But I remember being like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to tell them I'm going to leave early. And then I like went around I was like, hey guys, I'm like, not really feeling that great. I'm going to leave early. Everybody's like, okay, cool. Like see you tomorrow at work. And I was like, what? People are like, okay with me leaving early. And I was like, wow. Again, those little, little tweaks, 1% tweaks that eventually gave me all this evidence to be like, wow, the more that I stand in my, I think it's decision-making. Like the more I'm confident in my decision-making skills and practicing that, the more confident I got. And now I think it's why I can make decisions quicker in my business too. And like, I love what you said earlier about the experiment. Like if you can tra- start treating things in a, as an experiment, it takes so much pressure off of it to make it this perfect product, ready to go, sparkling clean. It's like, yeah, it's an experiment. It may not go as I thought, but that's going to give me feedback to experiment again and make it better. And that I think is a good reframe for, for business and like building confidence too is like, yeah, okay, maybe you've done things once and it didn't work. So let's try it again and you build confidence. Um, and one last thing I'll say about this is I heard someone, I think it was Ed Milet say that confidence is like not breaking promises to yourself. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a really good way to put it. Like, again, the cheese pizza example is a small one. but like if you go in with like, yes, I am ready to eat pepperoni pizza and you're so excited about it and then you change your mind to be cheese pizza to like fit everybody else's mold. You just broke this promise to yourself that like you really wanted to eat the cheese pizza. And I think those are ways you can build confidence. It's like, quick little decision-making skills and eventually it all adds up
0: i love that and such a good so such a good reminder i am a game of thrones fan
1: though
0: but i've I, I, it's okay i had this same experience last week i was reading a book that somebody gave me for the last like i know want to talk about this in a minute we're gonna talk about morning routines but <laughs> So I do read every morning Um, and I was been reading this book and I just like noticed like my energy was different. I felt like my business just felt different and heavy and I'm really into cycle sinking and I'm like pre-ovulation. I should be fucking controlling the world. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is off? And I just, it finally hit me. And I just said to my husband, I was like, it's this fucking book. But I felt like I had to read it because it's a really popular book right now. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, you have to read it. Have you read it? And I'm like, yep. it's not giving me life. And I started rereading a book I had already read that because I just didn't have another book that had given me life and no shit. I manifested some money that day and I booked two new clients. And wow. I was like, Katie, and I just felt like that was the universe saying, trust yourself, trust yourself, trust yes. yourself.
1: Oh and my it was God. that day,
0: Chelsea, before I even got out the fucking shower. I was getting messages on my phone and I was like, okay, that's my nod from the universe. Like trust. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. And I actually think, I know we've been talking about journal prompts and stuff. I do like journal prompts when I feel like I need them. That's the whole point. Like I don't make it a thing of like, oh, didn't do a journal prompt. Like you're fucked. It's like, no, I, if I feel like I need a journal, I will. And that's something that's a really good point is like, what promises am I breaking to myself, or what am I doing right now that doesn't feel good? And to your point, it was like that small little thing. It was just a book that happened with me, with me too, with like workouts. I was like, why is my body not changing? Everybody's doing Orange Theory. I should do Orange <coughs> Theory. And so I was doing Orange Theory, cycling all these hit classes and it wasn't until I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to like walk in the sunshine and do yoga and Pilates that my body changed. Cause it was like, finally you are listening to us and not the outside world. And I really think that is how you develop confidence is like trusting that inner nudge.
0: Uh, yeah. I, when you were talking about confidence is um, not breaking promises to yourself. I think I saw a shirt one time that said confidence is a habit. So same thing, right? It's the habit of not doing those things. I love that so much. But I know I just hit a trigger point for you and I want to talk about because another (laughs) thing is I do love my morning routine. And I think for me, it's because no one else in my house is up, right? So Mm -hmm. like being in the house for a year with both of my kids and my husband and then working from home, which I wasn't used to, the morning time before anyone wakes up is a really special time for me. But I think this is all part of like Really, I know I'm like, oh, it's really you are so good at giving yourself permission to switch things up, which then gives other people permission because like well, Chelsea did it, I can do it. And I think that's what a lot of people need sometimes is to see someone else do it first. But let's talk about morning routines, because didn't I see a post where you were like, I don't have a fucking morning routine. I hate it. <laughs> is that not another example for you of like, just because it works for someone else, it doesn't work for me?
1: Yes. And when I say that, too, I... I'm, I'm trying to get out of this world of like black and white thinking. Like Mm. if I say like, screw a morning routine, I'm not saying like, don't have a routine that, that doesn't work well for you. It's like, maybe someone else's routine didn't work for you. And the reason I even brought this up is I'm sure you saw this in the podcasting industry, morning routines became this new, like hot question in every podcast. It was like, what's your morning routine? What's your morning routine? And then all of a sudden it started blowing up on Instagram. It was like, what's your morning routine? And then I started being like, holy shit, I don't have a morning routine. Like, am I a bad person? Am I not a contributing member of society if I don't have this morning routine? (laughs) And I started like shaming myself of like, why the fuck don't I have a morning routine? And I'm like, oh my God, all these like influencers and every, like, it was a really hot topic. was like morning routines. And so I tried it and I was like, but you know what? This goes back to, again, what works for me in experience. I think because my whole 20s and even the last two years, I have been... Bopping all over the place with like travel, where I live, jobs. Like, I've lived three different countries in the last three years. And so I've gotten kind of used to being adaptable and like, uh, you know, kind of riding the waves of chaos where. M- I have siblings that would be like, how the fuck do you do that? Like I need to see in the same place. I love my bed. I love my pillow. I don't want to move. Don't invite me out. Like, and I'm like, okay, that's what I mean. That works for you. So when I say like, screw your morning routine, that's more of like a screw this idea that you need to follow a 10 step routine or do it this way. And again, we saw this in the industry, like wake up, drink lemon water, have an apple cider vinegar shot, walk around, do breath work, walk in the sunshine. I'm like, who the fuck has an hour of time to do all these things? And that's what pissed me off was people were trying to shove their lifestyle, which wasn't taking into account. Are they a mom? Uh, Are they dealing with the pandemic? How much privilege do they have? How much money is in their bank account? Like not all of us have two hours to do all these things and access to all these products. And That's where my whole like gripe with morning routines comes from. Is it became this like hot thing that, like, if you don't do it this way, like you're not living a balanced spiritual life. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I just don't buy into that. And I do think routines are helpful. Like something I absolutely do every morning is make my bed, tidy up the room, and I try to make some type of like juice or breakfast. And that is some people like, okay, well, yeah, that's a morning routine. I'm like, yes, it is. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it works for me. Some people are like, oh, I have to wake up at 6am every day and do X, Y, Z. And of course that builds this like sense of safety for your body and your mind to start the day. So that's what I mean with morning routines. I just hated this idea that it had to be done one way. And again, I just heard it so much on podcasts that I was like, why is this a topic of conversation? And then I started to realize it's because people put people on pedestals and they're like, oh, I want that person's life. So I have to do that routine too without taking into account, do I even like lemon water? Do I even like breath work? Or do I like maybe meditating and do I like juice? And that's a practice in building confidence of like, what do I actually like? And let me do that every morning.
0: Yeah, so fucking good. So this conversation was so right on time, probably for so many people, but definitely for me. It's just a constant, like I said, habit every day to just remember to like what works for you. Cause that book experience was just last week for me. So that's it's very, very fresh, very fresh. So fucking funny. And I'm just going to put the morning routine in a bucket. Um, <laughs> and you mentioned the word privilege, and that's a whole nother episode. Cause self development, spirituality, like all of that, I feel like has turned into something that's just a privilege so we're gonna stop that because i know that you <laughs> yeah. and i could do two or three more episodes yeah i'm that. like oh we're going there let's buckle up for another hour <laughs> <laughs> let's get more water <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> we need rounds of something probably stronger than yeah. water if we're gonna bring up that word right um I have a couple quick questions for you because you talked about so many good things um, that I know people are like, oh my God, get your pencils out because there's so many hot tips in here. But I had two more quick questions for you um, before I let you go. If somebody was like, ooh, Katie mentioned manifesting money earlier on this show. And I feel like that's always everybody's heavy hitter, right? For manifestation. What's your number one hot tip uh, for manifesting money? Just like a quick one that someone can start today, even if they're not really sure if they believe in manifestation or if they just want to start their own practice. So like, what's an option?
1: Ooh, yeah, I think the very first one that comes to mind is being grateful for what you already have and starting to track what's coming in, because then you'll actually realize how much comes in. I, this is a really good example. Last year when I was doing the nannying, which was again, for accommodation, I wasn't making physical dollars for it. And then the $15 zoom classes, I was like, I'm broke. Like, how am I going to live through this? I cannot live like this. And I don't remember, I honestly think it was from doing like meditation and walking in the sunshine every day where this idea hit me to like, stop pretending like you don't have money coming from other places. And so I, all of a sudden was like, I'm going to start adding up all the little ways money comes to me. And now I see that this actually is a thing. So I didn't make this up. I I'm, I must've seen it somewhere. It was like abundance tracking where I would just read my emails, like all these email newsletters. And I would literally, this sounds crazy, but this is what I did when I was in like my brokest phase was like, if I got a 10% discount on something, I would be like, okay, what is that 10% discount equal in dollar signs? And I would write that down. Or if I made like $45 from the yoga class, write down $45, my tax refund, my stimulus check, like anything I could possibly think of where money was coming from. And all of a sudden I would look at it every day. I'm like, wow, this is like the equivalent of $1,000. When in my mind, I had only made $45 from the yoga class. It was like, actually, no, in your energetic realm, you're making like $1,000 from all the discounts and little things here and there. And so I started doing that every day for like a month. And I swear that is like what ended up shifting my whole mindset around like abundance really is always around me. I just have to seek it out. And I think that's a good tip is just like tracking things every day and not just physical money. Like again, discounts. If someone buys you a freaking coffee or a banana, like counting that if it's $1, like putting that into the energy bank, because again, it's about like, what you're able to energetically receive. And I noticed, wow, you actually are receiving like $1,000 a month. You're just not counting it because it's not directly tied to your work. And that really helps. And I think it would help a lot of people.
0: I, You are so in sync with me today. I started doing that last week. Like, <gasps> I set up a little amazing. tracker and it's a game changer. Good, it I'll is. let you know how it, what happens at a month. Like yes. even like if I find money on the street, I'm just counting it. exactly. But, It's like just proof like, hey, I'm up and receiving.
1: Yes, I actually, this is, I just remembered this. If you go to my podcast page, Non Expert Opinion Pod, and like scroll back a little bit, I did a video on this while I was nannying, like while I was literally broke. So you can see how I was able to talk about it from that perspective. Cause I know sometimes people hear this and they're like, oh, easy for you to say you have a business now. And I'm like, no, no, no. I did that when I was so broke. I had like no other choice. And I have documentation of it when I was literally inside the house I was nannying. And it's really helpful to see it, like how. How it's done because it. I really think it can help change your mind.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. I forgot about your yoga zooms. I did a couple of those. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> like different person.
0: <laughs> I totally forgot. I was like, oh shit! I remember doing that with Chelsea one day. Exactly. Um, I forgot you did that. Um, okay. My last question for you: uh, What are your top three favorite books right now?
1: Ooh. Okay. Let's see. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, I'm trying to think, and this is kind of funny, but like, I don't read books as often as people probably think I do. So I would say that one, what's on my bedside table right now? Um, it could be any book. It can be fiction, nonfiction, just any
0: book that brings you joy.
1: This other amazing book, it was read so long ago, but I remember it's the only book I ever finished in like one sitting was how to murder your life by Kat Marnell. And she is this like incredible writer that had a drug addiction that worked at a magazine and then ended up coming out on the other side of it. But I remember her writing was so different than anything I'd ever read before. And it was so like catchy and funny and self-deprecating. I don't even know. It was an amazing book. And I remember this is just like a hot tip, too her writing was so good. And someone asked her, how do you write? And she's like, just write how you speak. Like, this is how I speak. And I'm like, oh, this is really helpful because I used to try to write like, let me be a, you know, writer. fashion blogger. From I'm like, no, that's not who I am. Like, let me write how I speak. And that book, I remember it so vividly because of how well-written it was. So yeah, it's called How to Murder Your Life by Kat Marnell. And then I think like talking about money, I know it's a basic one, but uh, you're a badass at making money. Yes by Jen Sincero, like that really was the book that I realized like, oh, you don't have to struggle with money and like money doesn't have to be this like taboo, gross thing. Like she really opened my eyes to having a different relationship with money. And I reference it to all my clients now too. I'm like, it it has good exercises. And I really like how... Speaking of transparency, how she was so transparent in that book of like how broke she really was and what she had to do to come out of it. But it's also written in a funny way that she's like on the other side and can give you real practical tips.
0: That's who I was thinking of when you were just talking about the how to murder your life. I was like, Mm. oh, my God, that's how I feel about the badass books. Yes, yes. what if you have to read it if you don't read it, any book read that one and when you get to the part about the goats message me because that fucking story cracks me up and talk about visual like, yes. she, she's like those goats don't give a fuck why do you
1: <laughs> exactly exactly like i just loved how she wrote it and she gave very specific emotional examples too, because mm-hmm. money is emotional. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. She opened up such different sides of the conversation versus just like write down your money goals. And it was like, no, like let's get real about what's under the surface with money. And that that book like changed my life with money.
0: Yes, I agree. That's definitely on my money book spiral. I
1: mm-hmm. mean, rotation. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, you are a queen. I love you to death. How can everybody else find you and get more Chelsea in their life?
1: Oh, thank you so much. I love this conversation. I like could talk to you for three more hours. So
0: same. (laughs) we already have,
1: yeah, you're already coming on my podcast. So we're already going to be talking for another hour. Can't wait for that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, speaking of my podcast, it's called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And you can find it on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. The podcast page is Non-Expert Opinion Pod. And then my personal page, if you want to work together, is ChelseyRife.com or at Chelsea And as you guys heard today, I'm always experimenting and pivoting with like new offers and things. But for the next few months, I'm focusing on -on one-on-one private coaching. And this is for people that want to start their business, similar to the spot Katie was in. If you're like feeling a little unsure, you need a leap of faith, you need some guidance. That's really who I'm helping right now, as well as um, mindset and manifestation coaching. So if you're trying to like learn about this stuff from a different lens, very like practical and digestible, that's what I'm focusing on with private clients. And I will have a podcast course coming out soon. It was going to come out in the early summer, And now I'm pushing it back, listening to my energy, talking about not breaking promises to myself. I'm like, let me listen to my body. Uh, But that podcast course will be coming out later in the summer.
0: I love it. Yes, you are a queen. And even if you're already working with a coach or something like Chelsea will just give you a different perspective. So you have to check her out. You have to follow her. Her Instagram is top notch. Oh, thank thank you. you. I love it. It's like one of my favorite. You're probably tired of me always coming out on your show. Like, can someone else come in on my show? <laughs> but like, it always I just speaks it. to my soul because I'm like, ah, oh, you're just always right on time. Um, instead that Aquarius energy. Yes. But thank you so much for being on the show today, Chelsea.
1: Thank you.